may feel like you're building your business and you're not making any money, but when we go to file taxes, you're going to need some cash. Are you an RV person or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down either with a fellow RV woman to discuss why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road or with a special guest who speaks on a topic relevant to travel life. Pull a chair up to the fire and let's chat. Hello, Penny, and welcome to the RV Queens podcast. How are you today? I am fantastic. I feel like I've been waiting to be interviewed by you on your podcast since the day <laughs> I met you. So the day is finally here. Oh my gosh. And I've I've You're seen so, so many of the, the, you know, the top shelf guests that have come before me. And, and I'm just, I'm so honored to be among those RV queens that have. You are so sweet. Yes. And I've met so many fantastic humans on the road. And I'm glad I'm finally able to have you on because we met last year at the RV Creating Yet conference in Camp Margaritaville. Um, and you, I think you knew more about podcasting than I did. <laughs> like at the time I was kind of like, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And you like sent me all these resources and you were super helpful. So thank you for, you know, helping me kick it off behind the scenes. Okay. So we're going to get into the, your financial wizardry in a few minutes, but I'd love to chat at the start here about, uh, your life as an RVer, you've been, you know, in the full-time RV life for a couple of years here now. Tell us how you got into this. So thank you so much. I love this story and I'm, and I'm so glad for the opportunity to share it. And maybe, maybe it'll resonate with somebody else that wants to go through this process. Uh, my husband and I, it, 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 we, one of us would mention something and it seemed crazy and the, and the other didn't react negatively. And then later, you know, the other one would mention something that sounded crazy. And, you know, the first one wouldn't react like it was out of this world. And that, that's really what started us on this RV journey. And we were tired of being homeowners, tired of, um, you know, getting our homeowners canceled and the, you know, the, the, uh, inspections and, and it just, we, and we, we had a lot of stuff that we had a lot of space. We weren't using all the stuff and, and we just decided that we wanted to live a smaller lifestyle and we got rid of everything and, um, that we moved into the RV and we ended up moving in a lot sooner than we realized. We had a plan to do things longer term. And because of those moves that we made moving into the RV early, um, my husband was able to take advantage of early retirement from his job. And as soon as he started, uh, going through the process of being retired early, uh, we started looking at ways for me to be able to leave my job early. And, you know, the whole thing kicked off three years earlier than we anticipated. So I left my full-time job in June and, uh, we hit the road a week ago for a five month trip. And that's, 
Yeah, that's something we never would have been able to do if we hadn't started the process to move into an RV and not really knowing what everything was going to, you know, things that were going to transpire because of moves that we made in, in preparation of it. And, and I think that's the way that we, we like to live our lifestyle is put, you know, put ourselves out there and, and make some moves ahead of knowing how it's all going to turn out and then be ready for twists and turns. And, and if they're right for us, we take them. Okay. So you've been stationary in the Florida area so far until your trip now. So have you guys RV'd whenever you did have a house? Like, are you familiar with the RV life at all? Are you just like jumping in? You live in an RV stationary and now you're traveling. Tell us about that. So uh, we started out at the very beginning of when we got married. We started out like everybody else does. We started in, in a tent and then moved up to a pop-up and then moved up to um, a casita, which is uh, it's a egg eggshell, you know, egg crate. Oh, yeah. They call it an egg. Yeah. And they're um, all fiberglass. And it was great because we didn't have to crank it up. And um, when we got that, we decided to um, it, Florida state parks are just some of the most amazing state parks. And we scheduled a year before we moved into our current RV. And every long weekend, um, every month had a, that had a long weekend, we took an extra day and we went to a different state park in Florida. And we really barely scratched the surface. But we knew from doing that, that that it was something that we loved and that we'd be able to, um, you know, we needed a little bit more than 16 feet to do it. Um, and so, and we, we have a dog and a cat. And so we ended up in a 32 foot travel trailer and it's, it's worked great for living stationary and also moving. And I think eventually we'll switch to a motorized RV, but it, you know, we, we basically tested it out as weekend warriors and, and realized we really could do it full time. I love that. A lot of people start that way. Me and my husband just went full immersion so there's a lot of other people that kind of like take a more reasonable approach and dip your toe in uh, like you did. So that's smart. OK, so you run full time business from the road. Tell me about working and traveling, especially now that you're kind of like spinning up your travel. Like, how has that transition gone for you? So and this is so timely. It's funny. Like we, we haven't even done this a week yet. And I'm already learning so much about how to do it. And it, it's really, it's working really well because we already kind of have a division of labor in terms of, you know, I take care of the inside. My husband takes care of the outside. And if I know basically when I'm eating breakfast in the morning, okay, we're going to leave at this time, which means I need to start my, you know, inside countdown at this time. And it's, you know, and, and I'm backing it up to, you know, the time that it is. And I can say, okay, I, and I use for my, um, I use the Pomodoro method for work, which means I work 25 minutes 
I'm super concentrated and then take a five minute break. So I'll say, oh, okay, I can do three Pomodoros this morning before it's time for me to initiate countdown of getting the RV ready to go. And if I can, my goal every day, regardless, is four Pomodoros, which is essentially two, two hours of concentrated work. And it's been working great. But if I don't, if I don't ask those questions and, and lay it out ahead of time, I may not get any work done before it's time to leave. And then we get there and it's like, you want to do this and you want to do that. And yeah. And if I know I can do four a day, I I'm free to do whatever I need to do. That's awesome. How have you, like, how quick are you traveling now? We're doing one tank trips essentially. So we are, we left, um, Orlando, Florida, and we're on our way to Arizona right now. And, um, so we're traveling about three to four days, uh, at a time and then stopping over. So we're, um, we're going to spend a little over a week in, um, New Orleans, which is where we are now. And then we're on our way to San Antonio and we'll be there for a little over a week. And then we're working our way West. And so it's, the, the travel days are not that long and it, it's a lot less stressful and we, we're retired. I mean, we're, you know, we are both working, you know, we're working things that we want to do instead of, you know, having to show up to work, but doing one tank, basically it, it it's a very comfortable pace and we're not in a big hurry to get where we're going and we have things that we want to do on the way. And that was one of the things, I mean, we, we started this process because we watched so many YouTube videos of, you know, families and, and, and we heard so many of them say, you know, the first year we burned ourselves out and we learned that, you know, either move more slowly or, you know, have, have really good breaks. And so we, you know, we're still testing it, but, but, you know, just a week in, we're very comfortable with our pace. And, and it means that we can both, you know, meet our obligations. Like I, I had a, I had a video call this morning with a, you know, an existing client and that went great. And I had a, uh, call before this with a new client and that went great. And as long as I'm available and, and I could have done both of those and still had a travel day. Right. You know, I could have done one in the morning and then one, you know, after we got where we we're going and that, that seems to really work. That's awesome. And especially something that we found, cause you know, my, I am a podcast host and then my husband works I don't know, quasi full time to kind of fund our travels. And uh, we found that if we pack everything up, like literally disconnect it all, fill the tank with some water, turn on the water pump, you know, um, we can get a little bit of work done in the mornings before we leave. Even if we have like a six hour travel day, we can we have started <laughs> having longer travel days. We When we started, though. We had three to four hour travel days, and that's kind of a sweet spot, um, especially when you're just getting started. It feels very manageable, so very wise. <laughs> okay, so you're a CPA, and at this point, you have a very specific niche, which, congratulations, sometimes it's like, 
hard to find that, right? Um, but your career has had several phases to it. So tell us about your professional background and the journey you've taken to where you are today. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I feel like I reinvent myself every once in a while. And, <laughs> Me too. And, 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 it, and it seems to, to fit and, and the pieces all go the way that they're supposed to eventually without necessarily having a whole roadmap done. But I um, started out as a banker and I worked in a bank and I did... Um, it met with clients and I did a lot of underwriting. So I reviewed applications for loans. And, um, then I realized that it, banking was turning to a point where it would all be about sales. And I decided that that wasn't that much fun. And I went on to become an accountant and I really enjoyed that. And, while I was going through the process to become an accountant, I found out that the FBI hired accountants. And I had no idea that that was an option. And turns out, if you understand banking and you're an accountant, it makes it really good to become a forensic accountant. So, so start out with banking, then move to accounting, then use both of those skills uh, to be a forensic accountant for the FBI for 20 what, years. What is a forensic accountant? <laughs> so I uh, would review people's bank activity and their mortgage applications and look for the flow of money. So I would see illegal money coming into somebody's account and I would see how they spent the money or I would... Um, but review a, a mortgage application and determine, oh, this is fraudulent right here. That you know they said they made this much money, and here I, you know, I they make this much money, and so this is that you know this is loan fraud. That and is then, so cool, <laughs> and also and then, scary. So forensic just means that I can that at the time I could go into court and testify as an expert witness about money. And the, the flow of money. I was picturing you like, you know, I don't know anything about the FBI and how all that stuff works. So I was like picturing you with all the detectives and investigators and FBI agents. And you're the one that's like sitting at the computer that actually knows what's happening. <laughs> that's not far off. So what we what we try to think is the, the forensic accountants is you know, we try to free up the agents so that they can go out and, you know, do things that we can't do, like follow people around and arrest people and, you know, put a, you know, put a wire on somebody so that they, you know, have a conversation with the bad guy and get the bad guy to say something. And then we read the transcript of that kind of thing and then say, oh, he said, that $10,000 that went from this account to that account was for this reason. And then we find the supporting documentation for this side of the 10000 and that side of the 10000 And then we can go into court and say, well, he said this on the wire, and we found this piece of it, and we found that piece of it, and here you go. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. That is incredible. Okay, cool. So how, so how did you take all that experience and because you worked there for a while, 20 right? Years. Okay, mm -hmm. twenty years. Uh, how did you 
what were, what was the phase then when you stepped out on your own? Well, first of all, COVID gave me the opportunity to work from home, which I had never, I, I'd always wanted to do that. I always wanted to try. And uh, we were allowed to do it for six months. And it I got through two years worth of backlog work in six months of working from home 50% of the time. And my office um, at the end of the six months had no interest whatsoever in continuing. They they weren't were not impressed at that, and they wanted people there. And right about that, yeah, right about that time, my husband started thinking he was going to retire, and so I started looking for a way out. Um, and I, my husband and I are big um, fans of the personal finance movement. And matter of fact, we're in New Orleans for FinCon, which is the where money and, and media meet. So it's one of the largest conferences of financial bloggers in the United States. And I went to a local personal finance meeting and met someone very much like me who had um, a virtual bookkeeping business. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. And... The more, and so I had had to use QuickBooks in my work for the FBI. And I realized so much of what I did for reconstructing what happened, uh, you know, using people's bank transactions is very similar to helping people with their business bookkeeping. And I, I have you know, basically taking a year's worth of data for a bookkeeping client and organized it to the point where they could file a tax return. And it, it used up most of my forensic accounting skills to do that. Fascinating. Okay, why did you name your agency Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum? So FE is for federal employees, which is what I used to be. And FI is for financial independence. And FUM is, uh, the clean version of it is forget you money. And it's the amount of money that you need to have in the bank so that you can leave your job if you choose. It gives you the option. Um, basically, once you have enough FU money, it's uh, work optional. And it, people can, you know, leave their job and do something else or they can, take a short-term sabbatical from their work and then go back later. Well, that's most of it. The the FO, I I didn't really. But I started to do FIFI, FIFI. Oh, FIFI faux fun. Yeah, might as well roll with it. That's right. So what is the 4% rule, which I noticed on your logo, by the way? So 4% is if you, when you have your FU money in the bank, and if you withdraw just Four percent of it every year, you will never run out of money. So it's yeah. So if you have a million dollars in the bank that you can withdraw from, and you organize your life because you've gone to enough personal finance events and read enough personal finance books and listened to Ramit Sethi on his podcast, uh, if you can figure out how to live on forty thousand dollars a year. You are free to leave your job. I love it. Okay. And you're especially focused on working with content creators and course creators um, right now. Why did you decide to focus on that clientele? The transformation that our full-time RVers who are content creators 
helped me and my, they, they inspired my husband and I to transform our lives the way that they had meant that they were the people that I most identified with. And it, when you're picking a niche and it, you know, you have to work with someone. So my goal was to find a way to work with the people that I wanted to spend the most time with. Awesome. I love that. Well, and yeah, that brings me to, you know, the listeners, as you know, um, of this podcast are RV women. And we also have what's called the Platinum Circle in the RV Queens community. And these are women that are running businesses while living the RV life, um, including a lot of, oops, sorry, including a lot of content creators. So what's your number one advice that um, you give, that you'd like to give to RV women who want to create consistent cash flow and really start honing in on cleaning up their money life? That is such an awesome question. I'm so glad you asked me. Um, so separating your business expenses from your personal expenses is my number one tip. Because if you track them separately, you're able to see how successful your business is. But if you have all your business transactions running through your personal accounts, you're not able to see how successful you are. Hey friends, pardon the interruption. This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part? They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. If you're like me, you love to have a piece of memorabilia from each location you and your family visit in the RV. I've bought countless stickers from our travels to the point I didn't know what to do with them all. Then I found the Rivet Supply Company Adventure Boards. These are handcrafted acrylic boards that you mount to your camper door to collect and showcase your travel stickers. The boards are both customizable and weatherproof, and you can take it with you if you decide to sell your RV. Get yours or buy one for a friend today at rivetsupplyco.com and use code RVQueens10 for 10% off your order. A lot of people I've asked, and I've had this question as myself for myself as a content creator, is when do you need to create an LLC versus just, you know, filing under my, um, you know, social security number? What is that called? S-Corp? Something? Well, S Corp is, is the fullest extent of um, creating a separate um, it, entity for your business. So, so the the levels are um, sole proprietorship, which is that's what I was any, thinking. Yeah, any, that's yeah. The one. <laughs> anybody can start at the at the lowest level, sole proprietorship, and as a sole proprietor, you can get a um, you can get a, a employer identification number which means when you work with a business and they ask you for, to fill out a, a form, uh, the W-9 form, the, having an EIN means you're not giving your social security number to everybody. You're giving them just your EIN to your business. It doesn't, um, it doesn't create a, a, a spill situation with your social security number. 
Then the next level is, and this is just for, um, for one person businesses that it's a little bit different if you have a two person business, but the next level is, is a limited liability company. And, um, it, it's, there's really, um, it's hard to know when you really need to switch from a sole proprietor to an, uh, limited liability company or LLC. But one of the things you can do is, uh, uh, in Florida, for example, you can be a sole proprietor for five years and you pay a small sum and you're, you're, you have authorization to do business, um, under that doing business as um, sole proprietorship for five years. Once you have to renew that, you might as well, you know, you've been in business for five years. You might as well go ahead and get an LLC. Now, LLC, you have to file, you have to renew every year. So in Florida, it's $125 every year or 138, sorry, to renew every year. So at, when you're first starting out, you don't necessarily need to have that expense every year. Um, but you know, once you've been in business for five years, you'll know. Now, S corporation is what happens when, as you're an LLC, you elect within the IRS system to be treated as an S corporation. And so you don't change your name. You don't, um, you do have to get a new EIN just for, um, the LLC that's separate from the one that you had before. And that point, there, there's a couple of reasons that you would need, that you would benefit from switching to that. And one of them is when your gross income or gross revenue from your business, your top line revenue gets to be $125,000, IRS is going to give you extra scrutiny. They're going to want to know how you're taking care of your tax savings at that point. And, uh, if you continue as an LLC or sole proprietor with revenue of 125,000, you, you're at a higher risk of audit. So defensively switching to an S corporation about a hundred thousand steady is going to benefit you. The problem with an S corporation is once you go that way, you pretty much have to stay that way. It is possible to back out of it. Um, but, but I, I'm not even at the point where I'm able to, to help somebody, you know, uh, basically you would dissolve the S corporation, you become a C corporation, and then you have to switch back to an LLC. It's, it's paperwork, I'm sure is amazing. Um, so the reason you, um, have to wait until you're consistently over a hundred thousand is because as a requirement of being an S corporation, you have to put yourself on payroll. And that's how you deal with IRS scrutiny is they know that when you're on payroll, you're having your, all your withholdings taken care of every other week and they don't have to worry about it. So if your business has ups and downs, you are going to still continue to have to pay yourself salary all the way along. And your salary is based on um, what the IRS calls reasonable compensation. They don't tell you how to figure that out. Um, but it's based on what you would pay somebody as an employee to do exactly what you're doing. So 
if you say reasonable compensation, I would pay somebody $65,000 to do what I'm doing now. And you get to the point where your ups and downs and you're continuing to work full time and your business only brings in enough to pay you a salary of 50000 you're going to keep having to pay yourself a salary of 60000 sorry. So um, that's a decision that you make. Um, the, you know, you might go a few years at 100000 before you make the switch. Um, I quite often end up with new clients who made the switch like immediately and then COVID happened and they, yeah. Yeah. And they're still trying to recover. I I can't tell you probably, probably the last, um, 10 new clients that I talked to that said, Oh yeah, I want to do this. Then they did it. And then COVID happened and, and they, you know, they didn't have COVID proof businesses and, so they had to turn off their payroll and now they're, now they don't know what's going to happen with IRS because they turned off payroll. I mean, you got to think the IRS is still like, there's so much hairiness with COVID and thing that things that happened to people's businesses at that time. It's like, oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I was about to say you would think the IRS would have some grace on people, but I'm not sure they're in that business. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, and speaking of your, your early clients, like your new clients, what are the common money mistakes that you see new clients, you know, make whenever you start working with them or like having had made before they work with you that you're like, Ooh, okay. That's our, you're going to clean that one up. Yeah. Um, so back to taxes, um, not saving money, not having a plan, not understanding um, it, that you're, you may feel like you're building your business and you're not making any money, but when we go to file taxes, you're going to need some cash. And I recommend every time you get you receive money um, that you set aside 15%. And I've had clients that were... I had a brand new client who started off that way from day one and it, it was touch and go, but she like in her business struggled in the first year, but she had enough to pay her taxes that she had saved up. And she, she, she'd always been a W2 employee. She had, she had, had no idea that she was going to be able to do it. And she did. And then I have clients who've been in trouble with, I, with IRS in the past, and then they come to me and, and I tell them, hey, the first thing I need you to do is start setting aside 15%. And again, they for the first time in the 10 years that they'd had their business, they had enough money to pay their tax bill after the first year of working with me. And knowing that you already have the money in the bank, um, you, you know, they don't necessarily need to make start making estimated payments in the beginning. Um, so if, if the 15% was too much, you still have control over the money. My husband and I have kind of had, we were W2 employees up until 2020 and we've been self-employed for, you know, since then. Um, and reading the Mike McCallowitz book, Profit First was like transformational for us because it's just what you, it like flips this mindset where whenever you're first running your own business, you're like, 
uh, here's all my expenses that I have to pay. And then like, maybe there's a little bit left that I feel like I can pull for an income and the profit first method. And you'll have to help me explain this, um, probably in better detail, but it's, it's basically like, you need to think about the revenue that's coming in and just automatically put it in these buckets. So you get out of panic mode, right? It seems like you're familiar with this framework. How do you, how can you put that in a nutshell for me? So I, I am a huge fan of using percentages to do a lot of the things that, cause, cause people are panicked. They've never had to do this before. They, they have no idea. They're, they're so, uh, it, you know, they, they want to do this and they're so excited about, but there's, there's so, it's such a gray area for them. And if you just say use percentages, they, you know, like no matter what, I mean, 50% goes to owner compensation. You know, if, if so many times, People don't know what's reasonable for expenses for your business. It's like you could go out and pay for that $5,000 training program. But if you know what your business is likely to earn and say it's, um, say, you know, your first year in business, you, you think your business is going to earn $10,000. Well, 30% of that is is what's reasonable for you to use for expenses. So that means three thousand. You could do if you had no other expenses. You you might be able to do a three thousand dollar program, but a five thousand dollar program would mean that you would need to invest your personal funds to make up the difference. The fifteen percent is what you need for taxes, and in it. It may not be perfect, but it is the closest thing to, you know, if you, if you're not quite there, you can just throw in a little bit more money. And if you went over, you get, you know, you can just, you know, have extra profit. And, and then the balance of all that, those percentages, what it takes to get to, to, um, a hundred percent is what you set aside for profit. And profit allows you to invest in something like that $5,000 program. And you can use it year after year until you get to the 5,000. And then, you, and then you have the cash flow to, to do that program. And profit first works really well in conjunction with, um, Ramit Sethi's conscious spending plan, which is another set of percentages. And so the, the 50% that you take out of your business that goes into your personal bucket. And then there are percentages for, for that area. And it, it seems to work really well. And I think, I think those coordinate perfectly. And it means that you can back into the numbers and if you go through the process and you figure out, well, okay, 10,000 gives me 5,000 to, you know, my personal funds and five, you know, 50 percent, uh, 50% of that should go to my fixed expenses. And, you know, this much, um, 10% should go into investments and 10% should go into savings. And then 30%, I think 30% the rest of it. Yeah. It should be, um, uh, guilt-free spending. Okay. And you figure out 
Well, based on 10,000 in my business flowing through to my personal and, and these, all these buckets. And it's like, wait, I need my guilt-free spending to be more. So then you go, oh, well, if it's maybe I can sell something more and maybe I can get my revenue up to 15,000. Well, how does that 15,000 flow all the way down to where it needs to be? Oh, that's my number. So now you know what it's going to, you know what your business is going to take to produce what you want to produce in in your personal budget. Oh my gosh. I'm not familiar with the Ramit Sethi, um, but I can totally see, or you said it was called Ramit Sethi Conscious Spending Plan. I can totally see what you're saying though, about using profit first for the business framework for your money flowing in there. And then on the personal side, having an additional framework. And I think that free could free people up from um, kind of the panic mode that you talked about. Like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money. Both of these frameworks really just flip it on the head and are like, well, let's just talk about the life that we want to live and the business we want to run and have these revenue goals. And, you know, (laughs) like just try to make the money, you know, and not, um, not have as much like, this is this big, you know, scary cloud of unknown. Uh, that's that's super helpful. It also frees you up because if you're a W two employee and you think you need to replace your salary with your business, this will teach you that you may not need to. You can you can set up your finances the way you want, and it'll tell you what the number is. And it may not be the same because most people, well, hopefully, a lot of people, W-2 employees, are setting aside a ton of money in retirement savings. And if you're saving in retirement, that's money that you already aren't using to live on. So you don't actually need to, in your first few years of business, you don't actually need to earn that much. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You just need to replace what you're actually living on. And it's not as I remember the the last, I don't know, year or so when I was an employee, I had this idea for my own business and all this stuff. But but like the for some reason like insurance, I was the breadwinner at the time and like, you know, having to figure out how to pay for insurance when you run a new business. It was it was like a true concern that it kept me in my job probably for longer than I should have been there. Um, how do you direct, especially you know, self-employed people and and people with variable incomes, um, to think about insurance? And do you have any plans that you like to recommend? So, as somebody in the personal finance space, I recommend high deductible health plans and with a health savings account. Health savings accounts are one of the most favorite thing of people in personal finance because um, it, they call it the triple tax advantage. So, if you are able to say put aside $3,000 every year to put in your health savings account and you're, and you don't need that for your health for that year. You're just going to pay your premium and you're able to cash flow any expenses. That $3,000 just sits there in your account and it's invested and you can leave it there. Then the next year, 
say the same thing happened to the point where you get, say, $30,000 in that health savings account. Every year that you've had that high deductible health plan, you save all your receipts. When you cash flow your own health expenses, there is no limit on how long you can use those receipts. So if you have the program for 10 years, you can go back to day one and, and submit all of your receipts and you get that money refunded to you from your health savings account in without any tax consequences. And when you're 65, you can take money out of um, your HSA for any reason. You will have to pay, you will have to report it as taxable income. But um, in, in those 10 years leading up to, you know, the scenario that I gave, you get a $3,000 tax deduction because your contribution to your HSA reduces your taxable income. And it grows tax-free as well. So that, um, it, you know, it continues to grow. The longer you can cash flow it, the better. You know, maybe somebody can only, you know, they, they contribute 3000 but maybe maybe they have to dip into it for 1000 Then you submit that receipt for 1000 and you get it, you get money refunded to you without any tax consequences. But the $2,000 continues to sit there in the fund. And that's my absolute favorite. And um, the, so I am, in addition to helping people with bookkeeping and tax preparation, I also help, I'm a tax strategist. And um, the, the HSA and the high deductible health plan are, are one of the favorite tax strategies of people who, um, who work with uh, tax strategy clients that have their own businesses. Yeah, and I can definitely see why. I we have an HSA. I didn't realize that money grows. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's invested. Uh, that's so great. Okay, so for people that are listening and they're sitting there hearing you talk about these, I mean, financial and insurance um, topics, and they're like, "Whoa, I need Penny in my life. I I just need help in this area." Paint the picture of how you work with people. Like, what are the different services you provide to help people, like, get their money straightened out? So, I, at the highest level, I do tax strategy, which means um, if you've been in business for a couple of years, I'll look at your tax returns. I'll look at your, hopefully they're using QuickBooks, and I'll look at that and come up with some scenarios, of, um, give you a rough idea how much you could save by implementing um a tax strategy. And then I'll work with you over the year to do all the things that you need to do to be in compliance with that tax strategy. Then um, I also offer tax preparation and which is, you know, if you're an S corporation, by the way, that's an extra tax return. So I can help people with their, um, their, there, it's called the 1120S, so it's just for your S corporation and with your personal taxes. And I can also monitor um, your tax notices with IRS so that I would get notification if you're about to get a tax notice and, and help you do an amended tax return to uh, resolve any situation before you have to deal with it. And then I also offer um, bookkeeping, which it... it I love doing the bookkeeping piece of it because I know that everything is clean. 
when I go to do the taxes. Like I know everything um, is, you know, where, where it's supposed to be already. And I'm better able to help people, um, make their quarterly estimated tax payments so that they, you know, and that, that's also a tax planning feature. And so for bookkeeping, I work with, um, I go through people's, um, transactions in QuickBooks and their, their bank accounts every month and make sure that all of those transactions are, are coded the way that they are. And if, you use, um, if you have to invoice people, I'll help people make sure that they're getting paid the way that they need to be paid. And I'll review their, um, bank statements to make sure that the, whatever the bank says is your, your account matches up with, um, um, what's actually in QuickBooks. And that, that's actually a bigger deal. If you use, um, a, a lot of content creators use PayPal as a, a payment service. And in QuickBooks, um, there's, there's a unusual function that can double, um, revenue in QuickBooks. And it's, um, has to do with some odd functionality of PayPal. And so, um, I help with that and, and how that turns out is that it appears to be that you've gotten more revenue than you really have, which would create a bigger tax bill than you should have. And, um, it, if, so I am thinking of a, a particular client that had that problem. And if he had had somebody reconciling his bank statement to QuickBooks, in the first month of the year, he would have caught immediately that that PayPal was looking at um, was doubling the transactions, and um, it, and it can easily be um, rectified. So I I I love looking at the whole thing. I mean, my favorite clients are the ones that have me do their bookkeeping, their tax preparation, um, and their tax planning because. I, you know, if they ask me a question about how a particular transaction gets, um, you know, in the nitty gritty, how it, how it gets recorded, I can take it all the way through and explain why it's important from a tax planning point of view. Yeah, that makes sense. Having less hands in the pot, <laughs> usually it just leads to clarity and, you know, consistency. So, ah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for all the golden nuggets of wisdom and financial advice today. Um, I'm going to circle us back around here to RV life and my last couple questions. So um, I'm curious to hear about when you think back to Penny before RV life, when you had really kind of become minimalistic and decided to live in a (laughs) trailer with your husband. And you think to Penny now, who's like, living the travel life dream, you know, one weekend. <laughs> um, what has changed? Oh my goodness. So, so, so much. Um, and, and I'd like to say that we're living a bigger life because we're in smaller spaces. It's so, so many good things have happened to us. Um, because we've been open to, making changes and, and, and once you start making changes, it's easier to make the next change. And I, I, I really truly don't believe that I would be free from my job if we hadn't moved into an RV. I think it really 
kick-started things for us and I'm loving the freedom. The slogan for the show is a podcast about unexpected riches. So I'm curious to hear what's the unexpected richness you have found from RV life. I spent all summer working in Florida, working outside. And I feel so calm, like sitting outside, even though it's hot. And I, it just is so different than you know, working in an office. And I don't think I really imagined, I, I guess I thought that I would be working inside my RV and I, you know, I'm, I mostly try to work outside this and it, it, that really surprised me how much I enjoy being outside and, um, enjoying working outside. It's funny. I, I never would have expected it. And yeah, yeah, I can, I can attest to that too. It's like a visceral response to like being outside more. <laughs> it's like your body's just like, yeah, that's right. This is how it should be. <laughs> ah, that's great. All right, Penny, will you please share with us how we can connect with you on the internet? Awesome. Thank you. So I would love it if you would DM me on Instagram. My handle is fee. Thai Fo Fum Personal CFO. And if you heard this episode on the show and you have any questions or you, you want to, uh, you know, talk to me about working together, I would love it if you would contact me on Instagram. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Penny. I really loved our chat today. I can honestly say I don't think I've enjoyed a conversation with the CPA as much as this one. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> None uh, taken. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope to see you on the road soon. Yeah. Bye, Bye, Penny. All right, my friends, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for being an awesome part of the RV Queens community. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And if you want to have more conversations like this, you can head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and find your RV Queens circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week or hopefully I will see you on the road. Oof, okay.